Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy So So. In case you ain't no so, and welcome back to another dope episode of Sports with So So. Coming to you live, y'all. This week we got a jam-packed episode. We're talking Dolphins, Hurricanes, Marlins, and Chelsea FC. It's time to take a ride, y'all. Let's go. Yo, do you smell that? Smell what? Do you smell that? That I forget to put on deodorant or something? No, man. What? It's it's football. Oh, sh- it's bro. In, it's in the air. I'm sorry. You caught me a little <laughs> off guard, bro. I didn't know you were going to start the show like this. Bro, I, I, it is palpable. It is palpable. The season is upon us. There's a bunch of news going on, right? It's like every time you turn ESPN on or like any of those news outlets, you're getting NFL news back to back to back to back. Injuries, updates, players asking for trades, people getting cut, like Honestly, people retiring. In my opinion... There aren't enough people talking about the football season being back. I mean, we got that's, we that's got, why we're, we're here. We had the Hall of Fame game last week. Yes, sir. Right? We saw the Jaguars take on uh, the Raiders. The Raiders. The, the Raiders. The Raiders of Las Vegas. Yeah. Doesn't sound the same, but that's where they're playing new, out of. New head coach. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, they got. New wide receiver. Yeah. They had. Well, none of those guys played. They of course not. Any, it was the first week because now the preseason is shortened. It's not yes. four weeks anymore. It's three. What but, do you feel about that being three games? Because I was talking to well, one of my sense. homies, and I was like, well, yes, it makes sense. But if you have that new player aspect, don't you want to build some type of rhythm outside of training camp? Yeah, I, I can see that argument. But then when you're talking about now the game, the season being extended an extra uh, game, true. then you're talking about durability. And it's like we've seen time and time again guys go out in preseason games, and it's like that, that game didn't even mean anything, and we were losing you know, some of our – Better players, star athletes. For sure. So, um, but yeah, Hall of Fame game. Uh, dude, I was watching that game uh, like if it was the Super Bowl. I swear, because I was <laughs> not, like, not caring who you're rooting for, but it was like, yes. Well, I was going for the Raiders. Great like, catch. The Raiders did win. Um, but shit, man, there was a bunch of no names all over the place, and I was still engaged. And that just goes to show the power of football. I yeah. Mean, there, there's baseball on, still going on, and I would rather watch a preseason football, football game. game. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, it, come down to it. That's where the entertainment is, right? We know that anytime that you're going to get sports on TV, as far as entertainment value goes, NFL is going to usually come in at number one, right? And be able to provide you with some type of exciting play, a great catch, a great touchdown run, something. Now, granted, that doesn't happen as often because usually by the second, third, and fourth quarter, you have a bunch of guys who are playing who are unlikely to make the team, right? But for a team like our our own Miami Dolphins, you kind of need to see some players play a little bit, right? And three games is short of a preseason. How do you build up that chemistry? How do you get some type of rhythm going? You know, training camp, in my opinion, isn't enough because it's never a real game situation, right? Where a guy's coming in to really tackle you or or hit the ball down, disrupt the play, whatever it may be. When it's happening in training camp, it's easy to get overhyped about it. It's easy to like it because you're seeing the plays being executed. But there's no element of competition there. And I feel like for a tandem that's so important, like quarterback and wide receivers, running back and offensive line, a lot of the guys that we have need to play in these preseason games. You know, So I don't think that – I hope that we get to see Tua and Tyreek Hill strap up, You know, at least even for three plays, two plays, 
and and try to make a catch or see something, you know? I think we will. I think we'll, we definitely will see at least a, a drive or two out of these guys. I mean, historically, the the first game, I, I don't think any of them play. And then the second game, they'll play like the first drive. And what or, about the third game? And then the third game, they would go the first like quarter or half, right? Okay. They would, that's usually what they would get. And then they would get sat the fourth game because then at that point, you know, you don't again, you don't want to risk right. anybody. <clears throat> so there, there's going to be decisions to be made as far as how much playtime we want to give these guys in the preseason. But to, to answer your question, or I don't even know if you asked a question, but it was more so just to, to counter your, your argument, right, so to speak, um, I think that we, we – that's the point of the NFL. I mean, you have a team, you know what I mean? And then when you have a team that the core pretty much is all still there, granted you have a new coach in the mix, but you still have, you know, same defensive unit basically, same defensive uh, coaching. And then offense, you still have the, the quarterback, the main person that – you know, is going to be the one distributing everything, knows the offense and all that. And, and then as a coach, you got to come work around that. So I think that's what McDaniels is going to do. We're not in a rebuilding year per se. We're, we're in a plug Far and play year. That. We've plugged in, in a, a few pieces, and now we got to go out there and play. But I'm not so concerned with the, the preseason. The preseason is more so, honestly, the, the, the tryouts for who's going to be the backups for those guys that are the star athletes. Because th- that's where what really sucks for a game getting cut is that there's less playtime now for all of these second and third string guys that are fighting for a spot on the roster. You know, like we've seen hard knocks time and time again. For sure. So that, that sucks for them. But for our stars, I don't think that that's an issue. You know, the first couple games of the season, that's what that's for is, is they're finding, you know, figuring out that flow, gelling together with us, playing against, you know, NFL defenses. True. And you say NFL defenses, we know that they're heading up to, well, they got to Tampa Bay today, right, where they're going to be having that shared practice slash scrimmage with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, you're you're going to see a lot of seven on seven drills against against each other, eleven on eleven drills against each other, and that's all fine and dandy. I like that, right? Because again, going against somebody different than your own teammate is always going to ignite that passion of competitiveness, and that's what you need in order to win football games. You need to be able to compete at every single position. On every single down, no doubt. Uh, you know, and this shared practice is obviously going to lead into they get scrappy. Exactly. Right. That's an in-state rivalry for yes, us. Sir. You know, you know, it's Tom Brady. We just got slapped with some 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 there's fines a, there's a and little some, bit of beef there. Right. Some stuff because, you know, around Tom Brady, partly. So I'm saying this little preseason game may carry a little bit more weight than usual. So maybe we see two and Tyreek Hill play together. You know, and and see what it looks like with Jaden Waddle and Hill on the field, Gasecki on the field. Maybe just just to run the ball, right? And and see what our running back and our offensive line looks like because we know what we have on the outside, right? We know how um, explosive Tyreek Hill is. We know how reliable Jalen Waddle is and how explosive he can be. We we know how good Gasecki is. Like all of those weapons on the outside are accounted for. Right. And um, to kind of lead into the depth chart. Death chart being released, something I wanted to talk to you about. Ooh, um, e- even the wide receivers that we drafted, um, I forget how to pronounce his last name, but is it Kawa? Is it Kawa? Something like that? You're right, yeah. Um, he's been tearing it up, you know, so right. much so that he's... Third or fourth rounder, I think, this year? Yes, sir. And uh, he's been tearing it up so much so that he's moving ahead a lot of these guys on the depth chart who have been there before. Um, mo- most notably, in my opinion, 
Preston Wilson, a guy Williams. who Williams, who who had that injury, came back, doesn't play consistent, was talking a lot about not getting opportunities, and now yeah. you're getting outplayed by a rookie, a third, fourth round rookie, and not just him, Lim Bowden Jr. too. Yep. Another, you know, now I saw an article the other day, I think it was ESPN, where we we just have too many receivers now at this point. Even Way though we got many. rid of uh, your boy Jakeem and um, he's not my boy, Devontae Parker, <laughs> <laughs> Devontae Parker, that we still have too many. So, and these guys aren't happy. Preston Williams, um, you know, who thinks that he's better than, you know, what, what he's shown us. And I think he is better than what he's shown us. He just hasn't been able to stay healthy. And, then and Lim, that's the Lim most Bowden, big, that's the biggest thing. Right. And then Lim Mountain Jr. kind of in a similar situation um, as him. And now we have these two other guys that we don't really got to pay. You know, we just drafted, you know, and, and, now we're going to be fielding trades for those. So that, that might, that we might be able to work some stuff, you know, and get some other maybe picks or some other players. I mean, I would like to get more picks because we got rid of a lot of picks. So even Absolutely. if they're fourth, and we fifth, lost the sixth, first round for next we, year. Yeah. You know, which was bullshit, but whatever. Have we talked about that yet? No, we're going to bring it up at okay. the end before we, we, before we close up on the Dolphins. But just to stick with the death chart, most, you know, Pivotal positions, in my opinion, right, are those positions that we've talked about before, which is offensive line, running back, um, linebackers, and cornerbacks. Uh, we know what we have in the wide receiver group, right? And, and we know what we have as far as tight end goes. We got that fullback. We know what his job is going to be, right? Who was the running back lead? Uh, who was the lead running back? Well we, well, we had two running backs listed as starters, and both of them were? Edmonds and Mostert. Yes, sir. Okay. You know, with Sony Michelle being the backup and Miles right. Gaskin being the backup. Right. So Ahmed and Tom and Thompson, the other two running backs, they're, they're third they're stringers. Gonna be gone. I think they're not going to make it. Yeah, they're right? going to be gone. You're not going to carry six wide running backs. No, sure. And especially when you know, like I talked about in the last episode, you really want to be able to get at least five to six solid games from each and of those guys, and you're going to have to rotate them in such fashion. You know, so. I mean, I, I I don't I don't know. Gaskin could probably go out and get a trade or, or get picked up by somebody. You know, if the Dolphins drop him, I don't know how that whole situation is. If like we just drop him and he goes to waivers or something like that. Yeah. Um, Ackman might might be. I don't know if they would ask him to stay on on the practice squad. That wouldn't be bad bad to have him. But I mean, he's already played in the NFL and stuff like that. He might right. be able to go to another team and be a second and third instead of a practice squad player for the Dolphins. Nobody. I mean, do you really want to be a practice squad player? It depends on the situation, man. Yeah. If you're if you're talking about a Super Bowl contending team, yeah, right. Because if somebody goes down, you know you're gonna get called up. No, not just not just that, bro. I mean, if you if that's your you know the NFL is your dream, bro, and and everybody else is not giving you a shot, and somebody's telling you, listen, you can be on our practice squad. I mean, then yeah, absolutely. I'd rather be in the practice squad than out of a job, you know. So fighting for my sure. Dream. But if if I've played in the NFL already, I've been a backup running back. I've shown flashes of maybe being a potential starter in the NFL, and you're asking me to go to your practice squad because you got three other guys. I'd rather just go somewhere else. Give me a right. trade. Give me a trade. Yeah, that's not bad. And you know what? At the end of the day, you all you want as a player is a, a shot, yeah. right? All you want is a shot. And if you can make your shot work out for you, great. If not, then hey, at least you had the shot and you took it. Who else uh, is getting shots? Well, at center, which is probably the most important, one of the most important positions for the Dolphins, at sure. uh, Connor Williams, he's getting the nod there at the starting position. Okay, um, we have Cole Brandwart as the backup there. Robert Hunt is the right guard. Right, we said that. Austin Jackson, right tackle. Uh, Etch- uh, Eckenberg at yep. the left guard, and then we have Armstead playing the left guard position who or the ju- left tackle. Who we just signed this? That was our big offseason sign. Right, uh, <clears throat> kind of interesting, right? That a guy like Robert Jones is. Still on the team, and we really don't have too many big names behind those guys in those five positions. So, 
I've, again, pointing back to that preseason being important, how much are these guys going to be able to get to play together and, and build that chemistry? Because that was our weakest point last year, and a lot of the running back success really depends on the O-line o being really, really improved, not just like a little bit improved. No, they have to go from being mediocre or bad as they were to like being good or above average. Yeah, no, I, I said it wasn't a rebuilding year for us, but it, it definitely is a rebuilding year for our O-line. We have Sheesh. a bunch of new pieces there. We have some shifts, some movements and stuff like that, and it's been a cr critical part of our you know, of our game. I mean, we, we didn't have an O-line last year, which meant we didn't have a run, and you know, Tua, Tua went hurt, got hurt, and went down, you know, got I'm hurt, hurt early, early on. And, you know, then the defense, which was a great defense, uh, they didn't play well because – they were on the field too long, and then they had some issues and stuff like that. We just couldn't we couldn't get any rhythm with the offense. Tua finally comes back. We all started firing and clicking a little bit better. Everybody's healthy right now. That's the main thing. We got to stay healthy. I think we're going to be all right, dog. I think we're going to be able to figure it out kind of as we go. Um, but, I, I mean, just looking at the training camp, I know that that, that kind of doesn't – you take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> a huge and, grain which, of salt. Which is in, in your own right. I, I totally understand the argument there. But if you've been following this team the way that we've been following this team, yeah, uh, there's a chemistry there, dog. It's building. There's it's a building. chemistry there between these guys. There's a trust. You know what I mean? And there's a desire. In my opinion, there's a desire there to win. I think that the level of accountability has just kept rising throughout these past two, three years, right? Um, where we've seen a lot of hard moves be being made by the Dolphins, whether it's by the GMs, cutting players, trading players, signing players to contracts, uh, disputing with players about their contracts. A lot of hard decisions have been made, right? So that definitely shows me, right, or us as Dolphin fans, that the Dolphins are trying to improve in any and every single form. However... This season is going to be huge for them, right? The offensive line needs to play together. They need to build that chemistry. The running backs need to get into a good rhythm, need to get that chemistry going with Tua. Tua needs to build that rapport with the guys on the outside and get his feet under him where he feels comfortable in this new offense. The only thing that's consistent from last year that we can point to this year is that defense. And I feel very comfortable saying that this defense can potentially be a top five, for sure will be a top 10 defense in the NFL this year. I mean, just look at the guys that were starting. Melvin Ingram, who was a kind of sketchy pickup, right, because we weren't sure if how good he was going to be and how, how, how big his impact would have been felt or how fast it would have been. He got named as a starter you know, on the defense. And and that shows to me, like, shit, these guys are really trying to build on an amazing defense to get even better. You got Wilkins lined up there, Davis lined up there, Agua lined up, Phillips lined up there, Baker lined up there, um, Ingram I mentioned as a as an outside linebacker. You have Howard, Needham, uh, Byron Jones, and Holland all in the backfield. That's a that's a real scary defense. And then you look at the guys behind them. Iguanave has been playing well. Uh, we've seen some improvement from Rowe. Redwine has been okay at the best. Van Ginkle, we know we can rely on him because he's always there making plays for us. You know, we have Duke Riley, a guy we gave a contract to in the offseason, who's a really good linebacker, not a great linebacker, but if that's your second stringer, you feel confident that and he's he, gonna that he's gonna be able to spell whoever. And he's a great special teams player too. Hell yeah. He gets overlooked a lot because of special teams. Right. That's but, that's important. But that shit is super important, you know. So again, this defense is gonna be relied upon like it has been last year, but the difference is, is that they know that they can achieve even better things. Of course. Right. So this this defense is gonna carry that solidity. That that base foundation that they built 
and bring the offense into it because once the offense gets clicking, then the defense knows that, all right, we're going to be on the field less. We're going to be able to attack more. We're going to be able to be more ferocious. We may have something serious going on here with the Dolphins. Absolutely, dude. We may have it. I don't want to say yes or no, but. And yet, they're still trying to hold us down. They're still trying to keep us out of it, bro. Yeah, They're taking away picks from us. They're finding our owner. Brian Flores is out there running around making money off our team. You know, if I can speak frankly, you know. (laughs) (laughs) You can't. Not on this show. You know, I thought it was really fucked up. I thought it was really fucked up how they did the Dolphins because, um, you know, Stephen Ross is is found not guilty. Dolphins, you know, found out guilty, no evidence of this, that, and the third, all this stuff. But yet the penalty felt like if we were guilty or if they wanted to make an example out of Stephen Ross and whatever was going to come out afterwards. And look, afterwards we heard about the meetings with Tom Brady's reps and, you know, hooking up uh, that rep to talk to Tom Brady to meet Brian Flores and this and that and Flores not going along with it, which was kind of dumb in my opinion because if you're – in a position where you need to save your job and somebody's offering you Tom Brady shit, wouldn't that make sense to say, yeah, I'll talk to the guy, you know? But again, this is a guy who is no longer a coach or probably won't be a head coach for the, for the long while right now. And um, it's fucked up, you know, how, how the situation folded for the Dolphins. And now we lose our first round pick. Uh, not 100% worried because we still have that 49ers first round pick for next year. But for a team that... I'm not going to say that we were depending on that first-round pick, right, that extra first-round pick, but because we don't know if we would have hit a home run on it. But what I'm saying is that right now the, the, the Dolphins shouldn't worry about that. Dolphins fans shouldn't worry about losing that first-round pick because we're, we're all in on this season. You know, we went and got to Reek Hill. We went and put Waddle in position to be a starter. We went and made an improvement to the offensive line with Armstead and, and spent money there, spent money on the defense. Spent money on the on the coaching staff, right? Spent money on the running backs. Like, we're invested in this season. So, for me and for the rest of you guys, it should be all about this season. Forget about the the penalty for next year. We'll worry about that shit when the season's over. But right now, that, that, that first-round pick doesn't even exist to me. Do you know what the current odds are for the over-under for Dolphins win this season? What is it? I'm going to guess. Uh, I'm going to say eight. Eight wins? Damn, you're worse than fucking Vegas, bro. Nine. Look at that. The Vegas line was nine wins. Look at that. Over, under. Not, I think we're going over. <clears throat> Absolutely. I think we're going over because the defense, like I said, is that damn good. Top five potentially, top ten for sure this year. There's no doubt. Bar- barring any major injuries or multiple injuries to this defense, they have the potential to be really great, man. Hell yeah. Hopefully the I'm offense pumped. can match it. I'm pumped for this for this weekend, bro. Preseason game number one. Yeah, man. Playing Tampa Bay at 730 on Saturday. You know, I think it'll be on Fox or CBS. You guys are going to be able to watch it. Remember when they used to put the games on uh, UPN, Channel 33? Sheesh. That's a throwback you just, you for you kids. Back, dog. All right. That's before you, you generation, gen, gen Zers or whatever, millennials, whatever <laughs> the hell you guys are called. You don't know nothing about that. UPN, bro. UPN, oh dog. Talk to me. Talk to me. Um, WB days, too. Yeah, bro. Before the CW. Yeah, before. <laughs> you see, bro, throwing it back, man. Yeah. Only, only a select few know. Um, let's jump real quick since we're already on the topic of football. Let's talk about the Hurricanes, man. They The preseason coaches poll came out, and the Miami Hurricanes, led by Mario Cristobal and Tyler Van Dyke, were ranked 17th. Now, that came a little bit as a surprise to me. I would have thought we would have been higher. 
I thought we would have been lower, to be honest. Really? And and here's why, right? We lost certain players, right? And we always do this thing where the, the Hurricanes come in as a preseason top 10, top 15 team, really get out the gate struggling, build some some steam up, right, after getting some wins, get that high ranking solidified, play some real competition, and then get knocked out of the park. So I feel like this is a good measuring stick to where exactly the Hurricanes program is. In year one, because how much change or improvement can you expect out of Crystal Ball in the eight months that he's been in charge? Obviously, it's going to be significant, but I don't think it'll be from like, hey, we're a top 15 team. Now we're going to be top three. And what if they are so? Then it'll be what crazy. If they're a top five team. <laughs> it'll be crazy. Off the bat. Off rip, if these guys go out and like... Bro, we're talking some crazy stuff, but like we're talking about blowing out teams that we didn't be wouldn't be able to blow out before, right? Yeah, dog. Like Bethune Cookman. That's gonna be our first game of the season, September third. That technically in the history of UN football, we will look at that game and be like, "All right, third stringers, get ready because you're gonna play the whole second half." Right? We're gonna run up the score in the first half, maybe go up forty five zip, forty five seven, and leave it there. Boom. We haven't seen that really in the last five, six years, right? So we're, we're going to need some type of performance for me to say, yeah, we can climb up the rankings that quick. All of it, not all of it, a majority of it depends on Tyler Van Dyke. If Tyler Van Dyke is the real deal and goes out there and balls and turns these group of receivers from being some guys that we may know or not know and turning them into superstars, then we got something cooking. Because I know that the tight ends playing, they're going to be on fire no matter what. We got some really good tight ends lining up, right? So that position is pretty much solidified across the nation as tight end you, right? That's us. So the, the tight ends are going to be able to do their job and be a good safety blanket for Tyler Van Dyke. I'm thinking about the, the bombs. I'm thinking about the 50-yard throws, the 40-yard throws. Those are the ones that I'm thinking we're going to need to see in order to blow teams out. And make an impact in the rankings, but it is nice that they even got ranked that high. Well, I think I, I think that it doesn't just go with the program right now as it stands, but the moves that the program's making for the future too. True, honestly, because the Hurricanes with the draft classes, like the, the the prospects they've been able to get to flip and and people that they've gotten to commit and decommit from other places. You know what I mean? Right. It, it's showing that there's. That they're getting a certain caliber of player now, and that's committing to it too. You know what I mean? I think that kind of goes into that. So for sure, I think they gave them that. Probably wanted to go higher, but they're like, no, no let's let the season start, see what the performance is like, and then we can, you know, readjust. But yeah, I hope it's not one of those. You know, the hype is not real. You know, and then they come out and just get slapped by the slapped up, right? right? And no, I don't think. I just really don't think that's going to happen. This no, year. for sure. I think there's again a, an, an energy around the football program, right. both the Dolphins and the Hurricanes that. Dog, I haven't really had felt this about these two programs in a while. Absolutely, and I and I and I echo that right because I was just telling a couple of the homies over the weekend, like, yeah, this should be a good time to be a Dolphins fan, right? You should feel some type of positive energy heading into this season. Same thing with the Hurricanes. You you have to be super excited about the Hurricanes, right? Because you know that Crystal Ball is doing enough things to make twenty twenty three already a great year. Right. And we're not even there yet. And we really have a talented quarterback in Tyler Van Dyke. This guy's rumored to be the top three quarterbacks taken in next year's draft. Top three quarterback taken in next year's draft. So uh, like like I was saying earlier, if, if he goes out there and balls out, yeah, the 
the Hurricanes are going to shoot up the rankings, right? Because we're going to be the out there kicking teams' ass. Um, but we have two games to warm up in the season, in my opinion. We have the Bethune-Cookman game, right, where we're playing at home. What day and, is that? Uh, September 3rd, and then we're playing September 10th versus University St. Mary. Again, another whatever team. Go right. out there, mollywop those guys. Uh, I'm sorry, not St. Mary's. I think that's Southern Miss. Yeah, Southern Miss. Um, St. Mary. The hell was I thinking? I don't even. I was like, who the? Like, they playing St. Fo- Vincent. St. No, Mary that would have been a tremendous check that the UM would have cut out to that school, bro. And then they get a real test playing uh, Texas A and M. You know, September seventeenth. That's All a right. real school. So that first game is is Labor Day weekend. Yeah, awesome. Let's yeah. get it. Let's get it, bro. Follow uh, the weekend but, NFL. <sighs> but before we wrap up the Best Hurricanes, uh, did you see the l- pictures of the locker rooms or the videos? Dog. My man. Shout out to The Rock Yo. for hooking up the UM college uh, athletes in general because not only did he hook them up with an amazing locker room, bro, He, I think that he donated like one point something million dollars to the athletic program, hooked the basketball team up, hooked the women's team up. Like, this dude is true green and orange UM, bro. I didn't see all the other facilities. I just saw that video of the, the locker room. Bro, it, it's it's out of it's a one long hallway, right? Right, hallway style, just one long one. Everybody side by side, and just the setup that they have with like TVs, and, sick, and like the big seat for them with their locker behind them. Yo, stowaway locker, crazy stowaway shoe crazy. locker. Like, come on, man. The the Rock really outdid himself, and um, he really made it cool to be a Hurricane. Crystal Ball, that just shows you how excited people are about Crystal Ball and the rest of this program, bro. You got Ed Orgeron, uh, former LSU coach, walking around the Hurricanes practice facility saying, go Canes, go Canes. Really? When? Yeah, bro. He's there all the time. He's not an official hire, but he's there all of the time. Is he really? Jason, yes, sir. Jason Taylor. Um, I know JT's been like, there. Bro, again, Charlie Strong. I Orgeron was affiliated with the Canes. Bro, I'm telling you, the staff, bro, the staff that this guy has put together will be one of the greatest ever assembled in not only um history but ncaa history if they can turn it into something where they win championships gotta win gotta win gotta win uh let's move on over to the marlins let's pivot to the marlins because the why would we do that let's go back to the hurricane and dolphins bro i'm excited come you're gonna, on you're, i'm about to go from midnight to six i talking know about the marlins here. i know but I, I promise you man we're not gonna make it too long bro but you know, the Marlins have really been struggling and, and trade deadline, deadline pass. No big moves, really, right? right. We, we make the trade to get a prospect, which was cool. But right? we, we saw who, we, I mean, everybody was on the table, but really the one person that was, there was some noise around maybe was Pablo Lopez. And the Yankees just thought our asking price was too high. Good. But it's like, hey, you need them, not us. Like, we are in the position that we, you know, we have all the chips on our side. And not only that, like, we know how dependable. Pablo Lopez can be right, and if this guy is continues to be healthy and produce like he's been producing for us, he's an excellent pitcher to have on our roster, just like Sandy is, right? Absolutely. Uh, just like uh, Luzardo is. We saw right. he had an impressive start the other day. Uh, he went seven innings, no earned runs, six strikeouts, one walk. Um, you know, bringing them to three and four on the season. He missed a lot of games with his injury, but he had a one hitter going through seven innings. Really good pitcher. Mm-hmm. You're talking about three guys that, you know, can really 
lead a pitching staff and win you a lot of games or at least put you in positions to win a lot of games. And then you back it up with some of the youth players that we have, that Yuri Perez kid um, that's coming up, Max Meyer. We saw him making his uh, his um, debut. Sixto, he's looking strong. We got like an update he, on Max Meyer. Yeah, I know. Well, go ahead. Give the people the well, update. Well, I mean, he's done. He's going to need Tommy John. Yeah, he's going to need it. But still, he's he's a good pitcher. He's a good pitcher that we're going to be able to depend on, and we don't need him right now. We don't need him next year, but he'll be here 2024. Yeah, it just sucks, though, man. That's sucks. one of our, you know, one of our picks, one of our True. prospects. But two of the other three guys that I named that are prospect, that Yuri kid and Sixto, right. they can really, really help a staff like this, right, where they can learn tricks of the trade from Pablo Lopez, Sandy Acantara, all-star pitcher, probably one of the best in the, in the majors right now. You know, you definitely want to be able to be to make the staff the first team and and get that experience and pitch in the majors. Hopefully, the Marlins continue to bring guys up. They've been doing it slowly, you know. Um, they recently got ranked, I think, 12th um, overall when it comes to their farm system as a, as, uh, as a unit, which is really good in baseball. It's an improvement on where we've been over the past 5, 10 years. Can they turn this into something that has a little bit of spark? We saw what this team is capable of when everybody's healthy, right? And they have enough depth to... Kind of like make up for the guys who get injured here and there. Are they going to be able to put that together? Don Madden, like, I'm not saying that he's the reason that we're losing or yeah. that he's a bad coach, but well, you, you got to ask yourself. I mean, even even the best of coaches, you know, at I mean, what when point you have do we get something new? Right, just something a, a new mind, a new set of eyes on it, right, on the product, and see how how else can we work with this? Because uh, I love Don, man, but. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I don't know. At what point do we got to just say, hey, is this is this the right you know manager for us? It's it's not that whether or not he's the right manager for us, but like, what's gonna change here? What's gonna be the dynamic to kind of take this mixture of young and veteran talent and go forward, right? And work with the GM and work with the the front office to put an even better team together. There, there's money to be invested. There's players to call up, but there needs to be some type of teamwork. And I don't think that there was a lot of teamwork between the front office and Don Mattingly this year. It's going to be interesting to see how they approach it when the offseason comes, right? He had a little bit of heat on him when we were in that, what, nine-game losing streak or whatever it was. It was rough. Mm-hmm. And right now they've gone three and seven in their last ten games. Not good. Yeah. And you're losing against teams that, like, are not necessarily world beaters. Yeah, you lose three straight to the Mets. Okay, cool. Right. But you're losing to Cincinnati. The team in baseball. Right. You're losing to teams like Cincinnati, who's not that great. You're yep. playing, losing against the Chicago Cubs. The Cubs, dog. Not that. You know what I mean? Like, and not, the Cubs historically are a great franchise. But they're not good right now. They're not a good, they're right not a good team right now. They're a team that we could beat. Yeah. And you need to be able to compete. Yeah, you know? man. You need to be able to compete. At least we're struggling, gi- dog. We're struggling. We're struggling, but at least they're giving guys chances, like uh, Jacob Stallings, uh, Peyton Burdick. Both of those guys hit back-to-back home runs in that game that Luzardo pitched. And, and that's won. what we've been talking about. It's like, you know, hey, if this is the case, we're not going to be able to do anything to get to the playoffs. There's no October for us. Put the youngins then up. Put the youngins up, and let, let's see what we're working with. Let's rebuild. This is now a rebuilding year. Right. <laughs> right. So let's figure out. What we got to do for next season? Obviously, we're assessing all the players. We need, you know, more closers. We need hitters. We need big bats, Man. right? Yeah, we big consistent time. batting, and we need a, possibly least, now. Do we need a new manager? You know what I mean? There's a couple of things we need to figure out from now till the start of baseball next year. I just think that we may need a new direction, right? We have enough talent. We have enough a good mixture. 
maybe we need something else to spark the team. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a big signing. Maybe it's a big trade. Mm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But something is going to have to change here pretty soon for the Martins. Yeah, dog. Uh, let's see. They're on the road right now to face Philadelphia, starting a little three-game series there. And they're looking good. They just beat Philly's us He's going to kick our ass. Um, and then they're going to come down here and face the Braves for four straight games, including a doubleheader on Saturday. Sheesh. Let's see how that goes. And, uh, yeah, you know. Marlins baseball, man. Get with it. Yeah, make it don't. Miami. Hashtag make it Miami. Or no, you have to, I have to I have to make it Miami, man. Let's you know, it's they counted, baby. Yeah, I guess. I, let's finish up with a little bit of Let me ask you that. Talk. Do you do you if do you still wish the Marlins were called the Florida Marlins versus the Miami Marlins? Absolutely. Absolutely. Just just because of the history, man. Yeah. Like, no, why I change don't know it? why the why did, why change it? I prefer the Florida Marlins. I, I would I love I, the F. I love the old school logo. I would have loved to see how far that that concept, those colors, would have been able to go, right? And how different they would have been able to look. Hey, uh, well, that's Miami shit for you, bro. Yeah, I'm gonna get sad now, bro. Hey, I'm gonna lift you up. We're gonna talk Chelsea. Oh, bro, this badge. is something we haven't talked. About we haven't talked about while, in a minute, bro. man. But you know what? There's been a lot of moves. Hold made. on, hit my song. A lot of moves, a lot of news around my team over the offseason. Season's coming up, right? Season started this weekend. Oh, it started already. Yeah, it started Saturday. We had our first game versus Everton. Um, We ended up winning 1-0 thanks to a penalty by Jorginho, who was actually earned by Ben Chilwell, who got to start coming back from ACL injury, which was crazy to me because for him to come back so fast, like that's not a real easy injury to come back from. When did he get hurt? Uh, He got hurt. I want to say mid to late last year. So, you know, mid to late last season. Hey, bro. Yeah, Modern sorry. medicine's a hell of a thing. Yeah, big time. Um, but like I said, a lot of stuff has been happening with Chelsea, right? New owner, old owner got moved out, ties to Putin and all this stuff. Right, the Russian New owner's American, Taboli, spending lots of money going out there making deals himself and meetings and stuff like that. And then we see a plethora of moves made where – some of the names that left were like really shocking, right? Like Lukaku. We sold Luke, uh, mm-hmm. we loaned mm-hmm. Lukaku back out to Inter, right? We thought he was the answer. We were super hyped about him, all this stuff. Came to Sejou, that number nine curse really hit his ass. He was not able to perform, couldn't score goals, ultimately was completely in his head. He had that weird interview where he was like, oh, I missed Inter and I should have never left. And it was like, well, F you, you already left, you're here. Um, but yeah, you know, it was weird. He, he gets sold. Lukaku. Um, Rudiger, he leaves the team. Uh, Christian Sinlez to Barcelona. Marcus Alonso is rumored to go to Barcelona. Just today, they announced that Timo Werner got sold back to no. RB Lisbig. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. And, uh, even Colin Hudson Odoi, a Chelsea product. So is this rumored like a fire to, sale or something? I just think that Tuco is, is really making moves that align with his vision and the owner is backing that. Right, because the owner knows that hey, if I give this guy success in time, ultimately it works out. Look how much time Pep has gotten in Manchester and how much money that team has spent. Loads of money. Same thing with Klopp in Liverpool. He's been there for a long time and they've spent money and brought in players to help continue to mold his vision, right? Of how he wants to play soccer. Look at the teams that haven't been doing it. Manchester United, changing uh owners here. Not owners, but managers every two, three years. Barely making uh, Champions League. Tottenham changing managers every two or three months. Barely making even the top six. 
now there's now both of those teams have decided to make moves for the future where they uh you know hired managers who are there for the long run and are starting to invest in their teams but chelsea is like ahead of them because we had an owner who was dedicated he just got pushed out for political reasons and you know it is what it is but now the new owner had to come in and immediately take over that slack and bring in players and he in my opinion i think the they ultimately did the best they could. They targeted a lot of guys, but um, some of the guys they lost to other teams, to Barcelona, to Inter, to Juventus. Um, but some of the guys that they brought in are really, in my opinion, proven talents, right? We have Raheem Sterling. He used to play for Manchester City, who won the title. Um, Champions League experience, England international. So he's very familiar with the league. He's been there all his career. Um, Kula Baby, uh, a great defender from from Inter. What? What's his name? His name, his official name is Kalidu, Kalidu, Kula Baby. His last name Kulabali, is? Kulabali, sorry. Oh, okay. Kulabali. I thought you said Kula Baby. No, no, no. Like, Kulabali, Kulabali. Kulabali. Yeah. It's still funny. Okay. Yeah, but a big time defender. Um, You know, we signed a goalkeeper from an American, actually. His name is Gabriel Salina. He's playing in the MLS right now in Chicago. Uh, we signed another player from the English Premier League. He was playing for Brian Albert. Albert Brighton and Albion. How does how does that His, work? Does the MLS have a different season schedule than they usually the Premier play, League? Yeah, they usually play a lot more year round um, because they're not traveling to other leagues and stuff like that. So how, how does that work out? Like, Bro, does just, the team get a kickback from the you know from the football club they, or something? They always make money from playing in tournaments and stuff like that. But ultimately, they're always playing year round in MLS. There's a, obviously their off season, but it's very short. No, no, I get that. But like, as the owner, it's like, yeah, I'm gonna let my player go and play in the Premier League for you know. Certain part of the year. Well, either well, we bought the rights to him, and we did them the favor of loaning him back to them. Like, hey, we don't need him right now. You guys can oh. still have him while we still have I our. Thought, okay, our, I, I misunderstood. I thought it was the other way around, where like he's a MLS player, and it's like Chelsea like went out and signed him. Like, hey, can you want to come did, play with us just but, for this season? But we did sign him. He's our player now, for now and for the near for as long as he signed the contract. So, so he's no we, longer in the MLS. Technically, he's still in the MLS, right? Because we bought him. We bought his contract. We bought his rights. Okay. He's a Chelsea player. Sure. And then instead of using him at Chelsea, we said, hey, we don't need you now. We have three goalies over there. We're good. We're going to loan him back to you. He can stay playing in the MLS, and we'll come get him next year. Ah, uh, that why can't the PGA and the Live Tour do that, bro? I, right, <laughs> like that's just like seems like yo, so. Just let me hold these six golfers. I'll yo, get I, eight tournaments. Ten o'clock, all. they'll be home. I promise. You got to up your purse. Yeah, yeah. That's what the that's what the well, they're gonna make these five ten million dollar purses. We'll get to it. We'll get to it before the, before we PGA. close out. Um, but the point saying is that like they went and bought players, right? And they bought Mark Cucurella recently from Brighton. Like I said, a defender, another defender. Uh. They brought another player, Chukmawika, uh, an 18-year-old prodigy, has a lot of hype behind him. We'll Dope. see he plays. And they brought back two of their own players. They brought back Conor McGallagher and Armando Ambrosia, both young, talented players who were pretty much academy players for Chelsea, and now they're getting their chance to earn their keep in Chelsea. So they're trying to go younger. It seems a like. little mix, right? It seems like they're trying to find players or have players around who fit Tuchel's vision. That's what it's about. Whether you're older or not, you need to be able to play his style. And a lot of those guys that I named are going to be key to it. 
Guys like Lukaku, uh, Rudiger, um, Rudiger probably yes, but Christensen no, Marcus Alonso no, uh, Timo Werner no. All these guys did not play the way that Tuchel really needed them to play, and they didn't produce on top of that. So, uh, giving you an example, Timo Werner in the in the time that he spent with Chelsea, he's only had twenty three goals total. How long has he been with Chelsea? Over two seasons already. Mm. You know, granted, he got off to a rough start because he had to play in front of no crowds and COVID and all that stuff, whatever. But this was a guy who was scoring 30, 25 goals a season over there at RB Lisbeck. And that's why we got him because of the amount of goals he was able to score. And we would think that we would, he would be able to produce that here. Did not. It's not for everybody. The yeah. English Premier League is not for everybody. Uh, big game at the weekend, though. On I think we're playing Sunday or Saturday. I think we are playing. No, I know we're playing Tottenham. That's going to be a big game. Former Chelsea manager Antonio Conte. Uh, he he's interesting. He's really put that team together. He kept Harry Kane. Um, Im- implemented a couple of new signings that fit his style. It's going to be interesting to see how 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 he matches up against Tuchel. Because I feel like Tuchel is probably the better of the two coaches, right? But you just never know. You just never know when you're playing against uh, Tottenham. The game is on Sunday, 11.30. I'm predicting a Chelsea tie. Mm. I don't think we're going to win this game. I think it'll it'll just be a tie. I'm hoping that we do win this game, you know, but if I'm thinking how good Tottenham can be and how slow of a start we usually start on our seasons with, it may it may end in the tie. Let's see. Okay. Let's cool. see. I like it. I like it. I'm down. Real quick, you mentioned something about the Live Golf Tour. Yep. We just got the news that Cameron Smith is Whoa, allegedly. Nah, he's going over hey, there, bro. Whoa, hey, we're not doing allegedly nothing. We want to be know? proper reporters. Hey, here, hey, you hey, know? hey, 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 hey. Cameron hey. Smith, the current open champion. Correct. Just won not too long ago at the old course. Uh, rumored decorated golfer, one of the you know more decorated younger golfers, uh, professional golfers, right? And it's rumored that he's going to sign with. How do you feel about tour. that, bro? Um, I mean, I don't really care, dog. I'm not getting paid by nobody at the end no, of the but, day. But, but as far as you know, it's good. You know what? It's good. I, I actually heard this on another podcast, on a golf podcast. Um, you know, they just made the point about you know America's based on capitalism and free enterprise, and competition is good. You know, because of the fact that it's going to make everybody step their game up. And when you yep. are the only business in town offering that solution, you never really got to step your game up because there's no competition keeping you on your toes. True. Well, the, the, the PGA now has somebody holding them accountable, and that's the live tour. You know, hey, players are only going to play eight time, you know, eight events a year, one out of the month. They're going to have the higher purses. There's going to be a team aspect, so you can get paid multiple ways besides just individual Fun, etc. It's gonna be fun. Right. It's gonna be fun to see these guys playing on that tour because they're gonna make it interesting. And Obviously, they have a lot of stuff to work on themselves. And that was the question: was all right, you know, this is happening, but are they gonna be able to get the top players in the world? And then we've seen little by little, certain pieces have fallen. You know, some of the bigger, more notable guys like uh, Brooks Kepka, Bryson DeChambeau, Dustin Johnson, and then now you add the current Open champion that just won not too long ago. He's also the, the, the player's champion, right, which is another right. the fifth major. Uh, we say that a lot on this show. Um, and 
that's a big sign for them, man. That's a, they also got Mark Leishman as a part of that too. But, but still, it, it's, it's a very n- recognizable name alone. You know, the mullet. You know, the right. dirt himself. Like the man. Every, everybody, he's been on everybody's radar for the last two, you know, two years or, or so, two three years because the guy just comes up in majors. He's either in second place or winning the thing, or you know, just having big moments, clutch moments where he's doing exactly what he Real needs to win tournaments. Bro. So now he's going to live. Now the question is, you know, is he going to be able to play in the majors? Because now there's this whole thing in motion that the PGA is really out to prevent any of these live players from participating in any of the PGA events. Correct. Or affiliated events like the majors and stuff like that. Because now the live tour players are suing them because they want to play in the FedEx Cup tour. Right. That's what I was going to mention. You guys left. You're not in it anymore, but they still have points where they're top. You know what I mean? Right. So they're like, no, we want to be able to play. And there's a whole back and forth going on. No, there's a lot of money behind that, too, right? Where you end up. I'm sure they have sponsorship deals and stuff like that, contracts and certain milestones that they have to make in order to earn certain type of contract. um, Let's say kickbacks, right? But it's interesting how it's going to play out because it's going to force the PGA to pay better. Is going to force them to pay better. Even if they win or lose the lawsuit, whatever the case may be, forget all that stuff. The PGA Tour moving forward is going to have to change their approach and offer more money, maybe not the same money that the Live Tour is throwing out there, right? Because their product, quote-unquote, is technically better, but they will have to pay players and keep them there. And that 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 in itself is where that competition is going to start, right? Like reportedly, Tiger Woods getting ha- uh, offered half a billion dollars to go out there, still didn't take it. That's a guy who doesn't need money in this world, but he no, has. It was north of that. It was. Like I'm sure it was like eight hundred. I'm sure it was a billy. Uh, oh, I'm sure billion. it was a billy. I'm sure it was a billy. You know, but which that, is crazy to think about. But Tiger Woods is the one guy who can say that no. Doesn't need that. Who yeah. can say no? And that's why the PGA Tour is going to have to recognize that. That yeah, the name is important and it does have value to a lot of the guys that are staying here. Right. But we need to reward that in a in a different manner. Let's see. Hopefully they do it quicker than 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 what the courts would force them to do, right? Yeah. No, Let's we'll see. see, man. There's there's more events for the Live Tour coming up. They just had one in New Jersey. They're still trying to figure it out. Until they can figure out the media rights. The logistics. The, you know, the streaming rights and all that stuff to get that, um, you know, more easily accessible than it is right now. Right. Right now, you got to go to either their website to watch it. I think they do it on Facebook maybe or something like that Who too. Knows, man. They need to, you know, be Tying on up. TV, right? They need to go to like a Fox or an TNT or, or something. Something, dog. And until they do that, they're, they're not really going to be taken serious you know what i mean agreed but they're they're moving in that direction dog because they they have now they have the players bro they're, yeah, this man. is getting this is getting interesting yeah there's still a lot of players on this tour that we don't want to see or we don't care to see but the fact that some of the best players in the world you know dustin johnson now cam smith brooks Kepka, bryson i keep mentioning these guys Dude, they're, they're, this is this can be interesting golf to watch. You know what I mean? It will be interesting, and we're gonna definitely keep an eye on it. You no know, problem. because the court the the court proceedings are gonna be interesting, right? And obviously, the outcome is gonna be uh, have a huge impact. And we're definitely gonna bring it to you here on Sports with Soso. Oh yeah, and maybe on something else. <laughs> <laughs> You're a creep, bro. Yeah, man. Uh, let's wrap this joint up on that, man. Uh, it's always a pleasure jumping in the booth with you, my bro. Yes, sir. Dog. I'm glad we were able to knock in this out, stew. man. Yeah, man. Uh, Likewise. And we got 
We got a lot of things on deck. We Some, got the uh, Francesco Ricky video on our YouTube page right now. Uh, shout out to the champ. Uh, um, we got, what else? The 365 video on there, the championship that's game. Coming out, that's coming out soon. Yeah, man. Um, and then we need more course, subscribers. So we, we need some more subscribers to subscribe. And, and maybe, you know what? If you've already subscribed and you're listening to this, you're at this point in the episode, go back to all of our videos and just click like on all of them. Yep. Hit that thumbs up. And then drop a comment. Just be like, yo, this was fire, dope. Hell it's, yeah. It's this simple. Anything. Grab your girl's phone. Grab your boy's phone. Grab your mom's phone. Grab your dad's phone. Grab your uncle's phone. And just subscribe on all of their YouTube all channels. And then drop a little like on all of them. That's it's it. like that simple. It's too much to ask, bro. No, man. But the the easier way is to tell a friend. To tell a friend. To tell another friend. And tell them to tell one more friend. And then tell them to tell one more friend to do the same thing, which is not only subscribe, comment, and like on those comment on those videos on YouTube. You got to tell them to listen to the podcast and hit do the same thing for wherever they're listening. Spotify, Google. Uh, Apple, all, all of that, wherever man. you get podcasts. Yeah, and uh, Joel, it's always a pleasure, bro. Until next time, peace. peace.